Welcome to a special edition of Not Fake News, a podcast exposing and analyzing misinformation, disinformation, and no information reported or not reported in the news. I'm your host, Mike T., Ivy League conservative and former Democrat who has come to his senses, coming to you from the great Midwest, somewhere in Ohio. Now, this is a special edition of Not Fake News because, in addition to commenting on published news reports, Mike T. is actually making the news. In past podcasts, I have been urging conservatives to speak up, but also to get involved by running for political office. So, when I was asked to practice what I preach, I got off my duff and took out petitions to run for the local school board with another conservative. That's right, Mike T. became a candidate in a school board election. That is why you have not heard from me in the past six months. I have been busy campaigning with a wonderful lady I will name Marie. We ran as a team for two of the three open seats on a school board governing 4,000 students in a relatively affluent suburban community outside of Cleveland. The name of our team was Mike and Marie, the M&M team. So we passed out mini M&M packages during the campaign. Clever, eh? We raised money. We kicked in some uh, money ourselves and campaigned hard for parental rights and promoting school board policies focusing on conservative values and education, not ideology. We opposed school participation in transgender-affirming care and teaching critical race theory and so-called anti-racism as defined by Ibram X. Kendi, which is actually racism. Our opponents consisted of two radical lefties and a moderate Republican, who avoided talking about the issues I just listed. Instead, they promoted themselves as, quote, parents, not politicians, end quote. And they had experience as PTA members. Marie and I thought we would be supported by the local Republican-led city leadership, including the mayor and all six council persons, all of them Republican. We were excited to be part of a movement to keep our public schools from being overtaken by the left-wing ideologues in Washington and Columbus and in the surrounding suburbs. Let me say at this point that thanks to Moms for Liberty, the 1776 Project PAC, and conservative Republicans in some school districts in Ohio, the conservative movement did achieve success in the last election and it needs to continue, but not in our Republican-run city. To make a long story short, Marie and I failed to get enough votes to win any of the three open seats on the school board, but not for lack of effort. We were targeted by powerful national organizations, including the Teachers Union Political Action Committee, who spent part of $150,000 in Ohio attacking us on various social media platforms. Locally, 
We were viciously and relentlessly attacked on several Facebook pages run by our opponents and their allies and the president of the local Democratic Party. For our part, we ran a traditional campaign, buying advertisements in a local newspaper, participating in a local community festival. We handed out pocket constitutions. We put up lots of yard signs and distributed literature door to door. We talked about our campaign on the radio. We even got a boost when Laura Ingram exposed one of our opponents on national television four days before the election. But it was not enough. In a field of six, Marie and I finished fourth and fifth. So what happened and what have we learned? Well, it must be stated that in Ohio, there were two issues on the November ballot that brought out the voters, particularly the younger voters. Issue one was a ballot initiative creating a self-executing amendment to the state constitution enshrining abortion. And issue two was an initiative to legalize marijuana. Well, as you can imagine, these two issues brought out lots of young voters, particularly dormant Democrats and independents. In the last school board election in 2021, 12,500 people voted for school board candidates. In this most recent election in November 7th of 2023, over 32,000 votes were cast for school board candidates, an increase of nearly 20,000 or 150%. The abortion fanatics spent millions attacking what they called Ohio's extreme ban, preventing from Ohioans from getting an abortion, even in the case of rape or incest. They even had ads with female pediatricians whose job it is to protect children. These ads supported a constitutional amendment to prevent children from being born. Our opponents successfully tapped into this narcissism and carelessness of human life. And even though the school board race was technically nonpartisan, the most recognized name of one of our opponents is a lifelong Democrat. And the Democrats came out in large numbers to ensure that killing babies was included as a constitutional right for Ohioans. Our three opponents took full advantage of the abortion push and campaigned along with the abortion supporters. They were endorsed by a sophisticated so-called progressive group founded in 2021 called the Campaign for Our Shared Future, whose objective is, and I'm quoting the New York Times now, quote, push back on conservative education activism, end quote. Our opponents were supported by a national organization targeting conservative education activists. Because we believe in transparency in curriculum and parental rights in public education, Marie and I were targeted as conservative education activists. Now, I plead guilty to being active to conserve education, as it used to be, you know, reading, writing, math, science, that kind of stuff. And yes, 
during the campaign, we made it clear that we were opposed to educating young children about sexualization, choosing their own gender, accommodating their choice of gender on any given day, learning about how white people oppress people of color in 2023, and of course, learning that man-made climate change will destroy the planet in just a few years unless we drastically change our lifestyles by doing away with internal combustion engines, gas stoves and furnaces, candles and campfires. I just never thought an attack on conservative education would be successful at the ballot box in 2023. In 2023, many local school boards were recaptured by left-wingers in three states, Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Virginia. And these are the three states targeted by the organization called Campaign for Our Shared Future. Now, the New York Times on November 9th published an article with the headline. Here it is. Parental rights movement is dealt major losses at the polls. That's right. The New York Times is celebrating the defeat of parental rights and the defeat of conservative education activists like me and Marie failing to become elected to school boards across the nation. Let that sink in for a moment. The New York Times is celebrating the loss of parental rights in education. I'm quoting the New York Times again, quote, conservative activists for parental rights in education were dealt several high profile losses in state and school board elections on Tuesday, November 7th, end quote. Yay! Parental rights were diminished. The power of the government union-controlled school was maintained. That's a cause for celebration. Now, continue the quote. Quote, the results suggest limits to what Republicans had hoped would be a potent issue for them leading into the 2024 presidential race. How public schools address gender, sexuality, and race, end quote. Yay, full speed ahead on teaching gender identity, sex, and race in schools. This is what the kids need to compete against China. Choosing your sex and learning about politically correct pronouns and microaggressions. So in this past election, Marie and I were targeted by powerful national organizations because we took a conservative stand on educational issues. I guess there is not much we could do about that. But do you want to know the biggest disappointment about this election? It was that fellow Republicans were not on board with our conservative activist campaign. That's right. In my city, in Ohio, Republican leaders, the mayor and council persons at the top of the ballot, even those unopposed, they all refuse, not all of them, most of them refuse to support our candidacies at the bottom of the ballot where school board candidates are positioned. By not supporting our conservative platform, our fellow Republicans, in effect, endorsed our opponent's radical left platform. Way to go, Republican leaders. 
Our education loss does not bode well for the Republican Party in 2024. The Republican Party has an identity crisis. What does it stand for? And so I must ask why? Why did our fellow Republicans refuse to support us for school board and thereby help elect leftist Democrats? Let me start with the fact that two of the three of our opponents, including a far lefty, were registered as Republicans. This was a stunt to convince voters that their team was truly, quote, nonpartisan, end quote. You see, this has an appeal to independent voters who do not think that political party affiliation should be considered when deciding upon candidates for school board election. Our opponents misled voters into thinking that party politics should not pollute school board races because school boards have nothing to do with political party politics. Balderdash. You know, it's all about the kids and their best interest. This was the first of many lies, they told. They also accused us of receiving, quote, dark money, end quote, from powerful right-wing interests, stopping short of labeling us as MAGA terrorists. On the other side, our opponents said very little about hot-button issues like accommodating transgenderism, teaching young children about sexualization, and that racism must be fought with racism against the oppressor. Like most Democrats, our opponents did not expose who they were or what they stand for. This strategy works well in an affluent bedroom community that prides itself on having a highly rated school system where voters simply do not believe that woke policies are just around the corner. So-called gender-affirming care, boys and girls gap bathrooms, pornographic novels and school libraries, none of that stuff will happen here in our school system. You just wait and see. Back to the lack of local Republican support. As I said before, ours is a community dominated by, dominated by Republican office holders. The mayor and all six city council persons are Republicans. The only office not held by Republicans was the city council president. Our announcement to run for school board was enthusiastically received by the local Republican ward club. And based upon this response, Maria and I assumed we would receive unanimous support from our Republican leaders. We were wrong. Only two of the seven Republican office holders endorsed us. Three council members who were unopposed failed to endorse us. Now, endorsements are important in any election, but they are especially critical in school board races where the names of school board candidates are located last at the very bottom of the ballot. At the top of the ballot was the Republican mayor, a former Democrat, who says he is a conservative. Marie and I met with him and asked him for his support. He refused to endorse us. Next was the Republican on the Balfour City Council president, a sitting councilman. He did endorse us, but failed to run a serious campaign. And the person he handpicked to replace him was also not a serious candidate and dropped out of the race after the filing deadline, basically turning over the ward to a registered Democrat. 
None of the three unopposed Republicans who refused to endorse Marie and I gave us a reason. The one council person who had a nominal opponent also flat out refused to endorse us. So much for Republican solidarity. In contrast, the Democrat abortion supporting machine was out in full force, especially pulling in young Democrats. Led by the Catholic Democrat City Council president, whose wife formerly worked for NARAL, National Abortion Rights Action League, the Democrats waged an aggressive get-out-the-vote campaign. The city council president's wife appeared to be managing our opponent's campaign on election day. As a result of the lack of local Republican support and aggressive support by the Democrat abortion machine, we got swamped. Maria finished fourth, I finished fifth out of six candidates. Under these circumstances, with the abortion issue on the ballot, perhaps full Republican support would not have made a difference in our school board race but it sure would have been a lot closer and maybe we would have acquired at least one seat on the school board, which would have produced a conservative majority. One of the local newspapers quoted the victorious Democrat school board member elect as stating, quote, while other candidates ran a national political campaign for getting local culture, our campaign focused on our years of civic engagement with the community and schools while highlighting what school boards do instead of what a political party wants from them. The local reporter cited classroom culture wars erupting nationally over the past couple of years as a result of conservative activists representing a growing parental rights movement seeking to get public schools out of the transgender affirmation, sexualization, and racism teaching business, and to return teaching students how to read and write. Reaffirming parental rights in public education and putting up a firewall against woke ideologies was the sole purpose Marie and I ran for our local school board. We repeatedly emphasized that education is a fundamental parental right and responsibility, that parents do not share this right and responsibility as co-parents with school administrators and teachers. This is as local as it can get. Ironically, the problem is our local culture is saturated by a national political campaign put forth by so-called progressives in both parties to strip parents of their educational rights and responsibilities. Led by the Biden administration and the Department of Education, this anti-parental rights movement has infected local school board cultures everywhere and will result in a national divide where more and more affluent parents will eventually take their children out of the public school system. So what are the lessons learned from the 2023 local school board race where conservative Republicans lost in a supposedly Republican town? Number one, abortion rights are far more important than any school board issue. In 2023, in post-Roe USA, so-called abortion rights far outweigh right to life, even in a red state like Ohio. And even 
in a city led by Republicans. It is part of an ongoing degradation of our culture, and Republican office holders will not stop it. Number two, there are too many local Republican leaders who are not conservative, who will not back liberty-loving conservative school board candidates, and who cannot be counted on to save our local cities and public schools. Perhaps the only way to save our republic is through private schools and homeschooling. Thanks for listening. Until next time, the next edition of Not Fake News, always remember, never, never take for granted the blessings of liberty established for us and our children by our Constitution. Read it. Learn it. Defend it against the New York Times and other enemies of liberty. Fake news is real. It is dangerous. It is everywhere. Stay informed. Be engaged. Our republic depends on you to keep it as a republic.